Are we on? <laughs> I always wanted to every, do that. Oh, that every, idiot yeah. that always Everyone does that, you know. <laughs> the sound guy loves it. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> well, welcome tonight. Yeah, welcome. It's intentionally God. Yes. Yes, so, so glad uh, you're all here joining us. Yes, good people. I'm, I am uh, getting into the video momentarily. Okay. So let's tell them about how your day was today. Well, you had well, two I was, and very, and very cool things happen. Yeah, I had two cool things. Uh, first thing was I had um, an opportunity to speak at a high school chapel, and that went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the sermon that they asked me to do the sermon that I did two weeks ago, where I kind of shared a little bit of my, my life. Um, and so, uh, but I had to take certain words out of it. It's, it's so funny that it was okay to say here, but I couldn't say it anywhere else. That tells you how awesome this church is. I mean, I mean, it really does. It tells yeah. you just how awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so it, for some reason I was talking about pleasure, about God wants us to experience pleasure. Mm-hmm. And when we hijack human emotions or human feelings, that's, that's when we run into trouble, that God's not against pleasure people feeling good. Uh, it's when we hijack it. And I said, like with cocaine. And, and so I said, and all the kids are just looking at me and, and I'm like, no, really kids. Uh, cocaine makes you feel awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, people wouldn't do it. Uh, People don't do things they get addicted to because it doesn't feel good, okay? <laughs> People don't commit crime to get a drug because it doesn't feel good. Right. And, and I, I said, and kids, if you're doing cocaine and you're not feeling good, you need to get a new cocaine man. <laughs> <laughs> and that launched right into a great opportunity to share the gospel with them. So uh, in context, it made perfect sense. The kids yes. were, um, they were really good. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed talking to him. And then I had an opportunity to talk with a, uh, 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 ed- educator professor from, um, uh, Northeastern about flooding. Yeah. So she was really excited Where was about she it. from again? Um, well, she was, uh, it's just North of Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, right. Yeah. North of Worcester. That's just, you know, uh, West of Lemonster. <laughs> Uh, not quite as north as Peabody, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and that was really good. An opportunity. She was really impressed with the church and how the church, she saw that video of our three floods. So this is the second educator that I've gotten a call from in a week mm-hmm. to tell our story and how we handle flooding. And, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting way. Got a chance to share, uh, Christ with her. Yeah. So, um. I thought that was really cool. No, that is, I mean, the REI article. Oh, yeah, the REI, that, Sojourner Magazine. Yeah. Uh, Today Show, but they never aired it. Ugh. It was just a little too risque. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there, it was. There were some There were some shots that I, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't yeah. think they were right. Too, too risque. <laughs> yeah, too much, too much for daytime or morning television. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So uh, tonight we're going to get into uh, the learning stages again. Mm-hmm. And I do like, I like this one particularly because we're going to be talking about the stages of learning, and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we forget, and I, I'm talking to the kids about it, they were forgetting it, is that we think that when we walk an aisle, we pray a sinner's prayer, that, okay, now we're going to heaven, we're not going to hell, that, okay, that's pretty much it, there's no stages. And I think churches will, will sometimes, well, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be, you know, smoking, or you shouldn't be drinking too much, or you shouldn't have a problem with porn, or as if once you become a Christian, all those things go away, as if there's no learning stages to that, like it's all of a sudden, poof, and, 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 but I think we do a worse crime to ourselves than churches do, because I think we all say to ourselves, I should be better than this by now, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I've been a Christian, I got, I, I cognitively came to Christ, I, I'm not a, Bible belter, so I don't think that there's like a day I came to Christ. I felt the draw of God almost all my life, but I think uh, it was in uh, 1981. So how many years is that? How many years have I been doing this? So that's 20. Carry the one. Comes <laughs> <sense. laughs> what, was it 40? So I've been doing this for 40 years. You think my language 40? would be a little bit better by now? You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of Christians do that. They think mm-hmm. once you get saved, but I also think we put pressure on other people 
It's like, hey, you know, we're, they uh, want to be on the praise team. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I saw them post something the other day, and, you know, they had like three beers in their hands. And wow, uh, or they had a, a ping pong, oh. a beer, oh. a ping pong, and a and a red a red <laughs> cup, and it's like I don't think we can use them because I saw that post. It's like what are we doing? We forget, mm. it, and it's the illustration I've gotten. I think you're probably closer to this. Is teaching a child how to ride the bike. What yeah. were your expectations? Can any of your kids ride a bike yet? Uh, Alice gets a little bit scared when it starts to go fast. <laughs> so he doesn't understand doesn't the un- primary purpose no. behind He'll the, get there. the bike. He'll get there. He'll get there. It's the <laughs> He'll get there. <laughs> so so but uh, it's yeah. So what did you yell at him? Oh, a lot. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you call him an idiot yeah. and it's like yeah. Because cuz you think once you buy the bike you're supposed to know how to ride it. Yeah. Or once I, yeah, it was like with Doc walking. I just took I mean how long is this going to take you, buddy? Yeah. Let's get this to go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I remember <laughs> with Deanna, uh, it might have been Morgan riding her bike. We ended up couldn't train her riding her bike because me and Susan would get too angry. Mm-hmm. So we had to give the bike to our next door neighbor and ask her to train her. Because we at that age, I mean, we were only like 36. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I won't tell you what Susan's age was, but it was that we were at an age where we just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what was wrong with us, but I think people approach God the same way that I, um, their stage is still learning a bike. Would not the God of heaven have a little bit more patience for us when it comes? To, we're not riding bikes. Mm-hmm. OK, we're not just balancing. We're taking on divine nature. So you think there might be a little bit of a learning curve to divine nature. A small yeah. one. <laughs> Christ-likeness. Now, if we're supposed to do it in a day, then I would question whether or not Christ is all what we made him up to be. Yeah. But if he is all that we make him up to mean he is the archetype human, mm-hmm. and he's filled with the divine spirit of God and all that, well, then I think it's going to take us a little bit of time mm-hmm. and that there are stages to this process. Mm-hmm. So we're going, to yeah. be, we're going to talk about that. So yeah. I've kind of labeled these stages. I don't know if I came up with this. So if somebody's out there and you wrote this book 20 years ago and um, these these things, you know, please forgive me. I'll, I'll send you a check. But um, first stage is high enthusiasm, low competence. Mm-hmm. And we may have run into somebody at work who has a lot of enthusiasm, who wants to really please, who wants to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, we use the phrase in church, being on fire for the Lord. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think everybody, when they come to the awareness of who Christ is, there is this kind of... Woo! Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I mean, you know that. I mean, being at concerts, you've done concerts for millions. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. mean, you see those kids up there. That, camp, and, that Friday night camp night, oh, it's on, baby. Yep. You know it's coming. And here's the thing. Having all enthusiasm and no competence is not a sin right. in the first stage. Okay? So it's it's okay you know nothing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out that, that Jesus knows that people don't know anything. But he also, he likes their enthusiasm. So it is part of an element. Uh, we get all excited about it, but we have no competence. Um, you want it, but you don't know what it's really going to cost you in the process. So these people really wanted to follow after Jesus real bad. Why don't you uh, read that out to us? It says, let me find our reference here. So yes, that's right. That I had Luke 9, yes. starting in verse 57. Lord, I will follow you. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay. Now, high enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's how we re- respond. There's a lot of, enth- I want to be involved. I, I love the church. I want to be a part of the team. I want to do it. And that's cool to recognize that that's high enthusiasm. But he continues. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Okay. So, I, I think sometimes that Jesus will actually expose our competence level or our lack of competence. And I think that's because he's inviting us into the learning circle. I don't think he just is like, oh, you're so excited. You're such an idiot. You know, you can't do this. I think he's, he's like, I love your enthusiasm, but I just want to let you know that there's some cost involved and you probably aren't aware of that yet. Mm-hmm. I personally appreciate that. Me too. I, I, I would rather have the good news and the bad news at the same time. It's like, hey, you can afford this, 
But I just want to let you know it's going to cost you that. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what's going to be about. It's really exciting. This is going to be fun, but I just want to let you know. And I think Jesus lets them know that uh, some of the components that maybe they haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. He continues. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, so all of these are expressions of high competence. I mean, high enthusiasm, mm-hmm. but low to no competence. Mm-hmm. Um, and no competence, instead of seeing it as a negative, is the, the call to following. See, when, I, when you hear low competence or I hear low competence in my own life, we can hear it a couple ways. We can hear low competence, you're not qualified, you suck, and uh, you'll never be any good at this. When I hear that, you know, uh, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven, well, that causes me to learn. I mean, that's, that's how it affects me. It's like, I'm like, okay, all right, you just exposed a lack of competence to me. And so I think if we were to read this as Jesus re, um, said it, in Luke 9, we, we, don't, we don't get the in-between. We don't get the looks. We don't get mm-hmm. the, you know, the body language or anything. I don't, I don't think he's just blowing people off, blowing people off uh, when they get excited about it. You know? No, I think he's trying to say, okay, um, cool about your enthusiasm, but I'm calling you that you may not be prepared for this, and I need to let you know you're not that this is not going to be just remain as you are. Mm-hmm. That, so it's for me, when I hear low competence, I hear an invitation to learn something. I don't like being incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, whenever Jesus says, hear somebody yell out, I got this, Jesus, I think Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, tiger. And, and we're going to see this um, with Peter. He enters into stage one. Mm. Um, yes. Do you remember what he said? Uh you know, to Jesus. Yeah. I'll I, never leave you. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, this never. high level of, con- uh, of not only enthusiasm, but he pushes back Je- on Jesus. Jesus says, no, you're all going to be scattered. And, and Peter says, no, no, I got the competence. And that's why Peter is allowed to go through the sifting moment is because, dang, I, I really wish you didn't say I got this because we wouldn't even need this learning moment. But because you said you got this, I need to let, you know, I'm calling you to something greater than competence. I'm calling you to me. Mm-hmm. And so he has to expose the, the lack of competence in Peter. And I think some of us need to do that. I think high achievers particularly, or high want to achievers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to change the world. And I, I remember one of the quotes when, when I was coming out to do Crosstown and I was going to be so much better than Seacoast, and I was going to be better than Greg Surratt. And I mean, uh, I mean, seriously, I, I thought it. It's no lie. Um, I remember there was a Batman movie with Jack. Is it Jack Nicholas or Nicholson? Nicholson. Nickel. Ah, they, we got a divided house. <laughs> it won't stand, kids. It won't stand. Nicholas is the golfer. Jack Nicholas is the golfer. Yeah. I think Nicholson is the actor. Yeah. Who was yeah. the guy that I said his his? Oh yeah, I I, I knew a guy who was a, a driver for um, not a golf club, but he would he drove <laughs> Jack. So wait a minute, now I'm confused. <laughs> Jack Nicholson Batman movie. That's Jack you Nicholson were. Yeah. Batman. Yeah, remember anybody remember that movie? And he's just got his face burned off, and he looks in the mirror. And anybody remember what he says? I don't. It's I, great. I, wait until they get a look at me. Oh, like God. like he was going to be just like. They've never seen anything. And I remember, I hate saying it out loud, but I remember, oh, oh, I remember when Crosstown started, and uh, I think I remember Archie was there, and then we had another young man this named- This is the era, whoa. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then Kevin Lott. Anybody remember Kevin? Kevin, if you're out there, you're a great guy. But I remember us all sitting down at, at a Shoney's um, oh man, that's an old sentence. Yeah, <laughs> and I would remember us looking around the table and all of us like, "Look at us, we're gonna blow this thing away." 
because I mean, those two guys were good looking and highly competent in their yeah. skill set. Yeah. Um, and and it was like I didn't know by just making that one single statement, I was adding twenty years onto the hardship of journey. I did. It was like okay, four more years in the cinema, <laughs> and then. So I don't know what I said that got us three floods, but I need to shut my mouth. <laughs> Um, but Peter says that he'll never leave. And we say it all the time. We always tell God, uh, um, I'll never drink or I'll never look at porn. Um, we have the desire and enthusiasm, but we don't have the competence level. So, mm -hmm. uh, but if you're in that stage, you're in that stage. You can't not be in that stage. You can't all of a sudden, okay, I'm, I'm not in that stage. I don't want to be there. Um, and so we need to realize to give grace to people that are in that stage. And that's the difficulty about preaching on Sunday mornings is because you're preaching to different people in the learning circle stage, mm -hmm. you know? So you're trying to speak grace over here. Don't beat yourself up too much. Like, like today when I was talking and, and, and I went directly, I said, listen, if you're a young lady here and you have been sexting and there's guys out there, three other teenage boys that all have pictures of you and they've ruined your life that, um, it's not the end for you. You've learned something, but it's not the end for you. That this is this is a time to go forward. That don't let that shame hold you down. And just because you may so I think we need to give grace to a person to allow them to go through the learning process, even if that learning process is thinking that they have it. You can't take that away from them. You have got to let them fail. Mm -hmm. You have got to let them fall. Um, I think that uh, Fred Richard, who who mentored me and with uh, Mike Lowry, I think Fred intentionally, I think he might have enjoyed a few of my falls and just like, a stupid idiot, you know, because <laughs> he was from Texas and I was from Boston and seeing a Bostonian fall, it was always a, a delight. But uh, I think he realized with all my big mouth promise and vision and, you know, skill and all that stuff, I think he, he's like, okay, cool, I'll let you go do it. And uh, I think he was wise in that. Because there's no amount of him telling me that I was not ready. I needed to find out that I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And also, when you find out you're not ready, that's when you find out whether or not, well, that's when I find out if somebody should be part of the leadership team. Because if they find out and they still want to learn, I want that person on my team. A person who's never found that out, I don't want them on the team. A couple who says we, we never fight, I don't know if they have found out the quality of their relationship yet. I think fighting is one of the places where you find out elements of the of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I I think that's what Jesus says to the disciples when he says to them, uh, he tells them to pray, and but they won't pray, and he says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. I think that's the stage one high enthusiasm. I know you guys want to do this, but I, kn I really know you guys can't do that. And he never says anything again about it. You know, he goes off and prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. They fall asleep, catching some Z's. And then he kind of goes back to them and they're asleep. And he's like, hey, guys, wake up. They're coming to arrest me. Uh, you know, stay up with this, you know. But he doesn't berate them. He's like, well, you know, if you've been praying, I wouldn't have gotten arrested. Or, oh, and you're going to follow me to your death. Oh, aren't you a big guy? None of that. He's, yeah. Matter of fact, he still wants them with him. It's, wouldn't you as a leader, I mean, I don't know, maybe not you, but maybe me as a leader, wouldn't I be like, I asked you to do something, you didn't do something? I'd be like, he's toast to me. It's like, forget them. I'd, I'd go on without, go ahead and arrest me. Just leave them here. They're useless, you know? <laughs> uh, but Jesus goes, us, hey, come on, guys. We're, I'm getting arrested here, so I just want you to stay up with, with what we're doing here. <laughs> I love you. I love you, but you really are incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> so the second stage, uh, low enthusiasm, low competence. <laughs> this is the Eeyore stage. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, now you are a week or so away from the moment of, ins of inspiration. So that exciting moment has taken place. Some distance in time, enthusiasm begins to drop and it becomes more and more clear. Where is one of the ways that we experience one of the life experiences where we experience low enthusiasm and low competence. And it could also be the death 
moment of her, of this thing. What marriage? Marriage. 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 Yes, because you go into it with enthusiasm, but you don't even know what you don't know. You know, he's amazing. You know, she's amazing. Uh, he, she's amazing. Yeah. You know, you, you don't even know what you don't know. And you're so excited about it. And then the enthusiasm. And what does everybody do when the, the enthusiasm disappears? Wow. I, want, I want it to be like it was in the beginning. Well, you know what it was in the beginning? High enthusiasm and low competence. Now, we would never say, I want to go back to when I was less competent. <laughs> Uh, I want to go back to when it was really enthusiastic, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, nobody does that. But there is a time when you, you give your life to Christ, you know, you're excited about the promises of God, and then there's that lull. And then you're not only in a lull, but you don't feel like you've really made a lot of progress. And this happened to the disciples, too. This is a really cool story. It's always been a kind of a weird story. Um. And comes to us out of Matthew 17, starting verse 14. Um, and it, it has to deal with the disciples trying to get into the family business, and, and they don't do so well. Mm -hmm. Why don't you read it to us? When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Dad. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Play ball you, too. Tell me what you really feel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Go for ahead. he often falls into the fire. Oh my. <laughs> so I can't so, get back. I he can't, can't ride back. a bike, but dang, can he do a cookout? <laughs> <laughs> falls into the fire. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Okay. And often into the water. <laughs> Should skip this. Uh, we'll have to fall into the fire. You would hope maybe he's not a lunatic after all. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Okay. So yeah. just imagine the disciples where their heads hanging low because you got some guy shows up. You're standing next to him over to the side. Is this true? Is what he's saying true? You try to cast a demon out of him? And, you know, and, and can you imagine how embarrassing that is? You know, and here's our, the, the, I, I'm not sure I would have shown up if I was a disciple. I think I would have been like standing in the, in the back or something like that. I would have definitely, I wouldn't have been standing the, like, yeah, Jesus, he's got something to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, you know, they were all excited yeah. about things, but they ran into this moment, the enthusiasm's mm -hmm. low, the it's a low competent moment. Yeah. So let's go on into it. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation. Could how you read that nicer? Yes, I'll read that nicer. <laughs> so that we can be, so you I don't feel so like, it's not being harsh. Oh, but go ahead. Every time I, every, those videos that, those Jesus videos from that one church did back in the day where he talks like, Now, children. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's every time I. That goes there. <laughs> That's yeah. like when he was there's that there's. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, well, it's, it's like turning over the tables. Yeah, he's not like angry, but he's just yeah. like there's the yeah. <laughs> Why must you? Yeah, it's just all right. Anyway, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Okay, um, I think the disciples are a little shocked that they didn't do it right. Yeah. Um, but I think the impression of the moment of when my incompetency is revealed is completely proportionate to how professional I thought I was going into the moment. Mm. If my expectation was, oh, I'm going to kill this, then when I don't kill it, then I think that low competence, low enthusiasm really overtakes me. Um, I have a feeling that the di disciples probably went into this moment thinking they were really going to kick this well, you know, mm -hmm. like we can do this, mm -hmm. uh, that they thought they were pros. Maybe they thought they were part of a, you know, the club 12 that, mm -hmm. you know, like we, oceans 12, right? Yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe that's where I got that from. Maybe, yep. Yeah. Um, which one would be George Clooney? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there would be. It'd probably been somebody like Thaddeus, somebody that we don't really know, you know, because I don't see Peter being in that. I could see Peter, uh, Pete being, was Joe Pesci in this movie? 
No, not Joe Pesci. Okay, because I always no. have Joe Pesci on my mind when I think of Peter, you know? <laughs> Peter is <laughs> Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the wet men. What, what was oh, the movie man. that Pesci was in? Wise Guys? Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas. That's it. That's right. He was yeah. whacking everybody. He was like the <laughs> was mean just, one. You gotta oh, watch man. those short guys. Gotta, oh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna get fan mail about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so all of a sudden, it's incompetence to speaking really loud, and anyone, and, and sometimes if you're not in a good relationship with people, they your incompetence screams to them, and that's where I get embarrassed. Is I hate being incompetent in front of people, and everybody knows I'm incompetent. Um, that's really tough. But mm. that's why I hated the first flood so much. It was because I couldn't fix the first flood. And everybody was coming to you. Yeah, well, what's your fix? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah, and it's like, what's your vision? You know, uh, maybe God's saying you should uh, pack it up, you know. Uh, and, and I remember I was having the party and the second flood occurs. And I remember how embarrassing it was. And I, I don't know if everybody knew why I was embarrassed. What, what is your, I, I, I am now turning to Laurel, um, for those who are viewing. Um, what is your uh, Enigma number? What's it called? <laughs> enigma. <laughs> What's it called? Enneagram? Enneagram. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what is your, your satanic club number? <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. You're a seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as an eight, competence is like, like top of the chart. And I really was angry and embarrassed because I, I felt like I was supposed to have fixed this. And everybody, the first one was like, whoa, that was a heck of a thing. That caught us off guard. Mm -hmm. But the second one was, okay, leader boy. Um, uh, it's like Pony Boy from yeah, Pony Boy. Uh, from yeah. uh, Finding Nemo. Yeah. Okay, uh, Leader Boy, uh, how many more times are you going to let this happen to you? And then when the third one happens, I'm just like laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I ain't got this. You know, I, there's, there's no, there was no fix for it. There was nothing I could do. Uh -huh. But I know that there were people observing it that were saying this screams uh, incompetence. And that really bothered me. But I think, um, I think you you don't really grow until you have to face that yeah. because uh, you got to just decide, okay, I'm just going to, you know, real incompetence would be if I, I ran that, that really would have been the loss. But the fact that I didn't know and had to wait on God for a fix or had to get involved in the solution instead of waiting for somebody to fix it for me, you know, or realize that it was going to be a journey, you know, like walking through the desert with, with, you know, a million Israelites or whatever it was, it, it was like, okay, I'll stay in here. I mean, because Moses must not have felt really good what was going on with Israel. They walk out of the promised land, where they get three days out of the promised land, and they're all of a sudden saying they want to go back. Yeah. He's got to wonder about yeah, his leadership skills. Slaves. Yeah. And then, you know, they're out there, they're, they're complaining about things and all that stuff. I mean, he's got to personalize that somehow. Well, I think he does. Because God has to tell them, they haven't rejected you, they've rejected me. And it's like, this isn't about you, Moses. But the fact that it bothers you, maybe it's about you, Moses. Maybe, maybe you need to learn something in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember that. That's that feeling that everybody felt that I was incompetent. So Peter's in this stage, and hours later, his incompetence is met, uh, met only by his denial and grief. And he never thought he would go through this. So... Mm -hmm. For some people, this is the end. It's over for them. Um, so, and the thing is, is if we don't allow people to have this opportunity to fall in the pursuit of God, we really are being unjust. You got to let people fall. And there are times in my mind that where I have, you know, I'll see somebody fall that I'll be like, screw them. I mean, it is a feeling that I have sometimes, but it's like, no, that's, that's wrong. That's not leadership. It's like, no, failing is part, failing and learning in the failure is no longer a failure. I mean, really, you rip it of its sting by, by learning. But mm -hmm. if we don't let people learn, um, I mean, it's like when you came here and started leading worship, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I mean, you, you might have had a couple bad days. <laughs> I, though I don't remember might. them. Anybody remember? I don't might. remember them. But, but, you know, it's like there yeah. is no way 
And, and you can't just, and pastors at that time, oh, we were going through leadership, lead, uh, worship leaders like crazy. If you weren't perfect out of the gate, you were, that's not our style. You know, that's not, uh, you know, what we believe. You know, it's just like, it's like, well, where do you give somebody the opportunity to grow uh, mm -hmm. in a gift or make a mistake? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a really, so I think it's unjust not to let him. Uh, mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the important part when it comes to the state, what I call the stage three, uh, two, three crash, because it is, um, if stage one is the honeymoon, then stage two is where you find out there, there's no competence and that's normal. People, young couples need to know that, especially, and, and really when it comes to a child, I remember Deanna and Brian, you know, little Ireland is born, everybody's excited. And, and what do we expect? The mom's supposed to be perfect right out the gate, you know? And then the baby starts crying all night, all night, all night. And Brian starts coming into work and he looked like he's been, you know, you know, smoke, joke and coking all night. And, uh, <laughs> You're like, I you know, catch mitt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, what is it, you know? And. And, and the baby's crying, and it's like it just exposes comp the incompetence. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, and, and isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, but we don't expect a couple to immediately. But a lot of people bail out at this point, particularly if it's with marriage and also if it's with God. They get to that crash point. Mm -hmm. um, but um, how we come out of stage two will determine whether or not stage three is going to happen well. And, and I, I really want to jump into um getting into getting into stage three how do you how do you get around low competence low enthusiasm and how do you make the turn i i want to use that apollo example mm -hmm. now ricky most people don't know it but he is an avid fan of the nasa apollo mission yes uh, apollo space missions. in general space in general yeah um and so you really got into this that's why I had to make sure there's a show on Apple TV mm -hmm. called for, for all, yeah for all mankind. for all mankind yeah I had to make sure he wasn't getting this information from that show yeah because in that show the Russians actually get to the moon first yeah it's kind of like um, Man in the High Castle type yeah. of thing it's like history happens differently yeah. than what we really think but so uh, there was something that happened to Apollo 13 kind of fill us in what happened yeah. to Apollo 13 well Tom Hanks Tom he Hanks was, was in the airplane <laughs> in the in the ship. <laughs> Yeah, he was in there. Well, the, what is happened? Is that the one where he had the volleyball with him? Yeah. 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 No. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> His co-pilot. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, it's, most people don't know. It's in almost every movie he does. Wilson. No, the, uh, yeah, they had, they experienced, uh, I think it was in the oxygen compartment mm -hmm. where it blew out. Yeah. Uh, in one of the stages. They remember yeah. they, remember, I think it was, yeah, from stage when they're jettisoning the, jettisoning the, uh, rocket boosters. Okay. And okay. Yeah, and they're getting into stage two, where it's just the lunar lander and the capsule. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a control module. There's yeah. a service module. Yeah. Service module service is module. the part, yeah. the cylinder, the, uh, mm -hmm. the Campbell's can behind the, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where they have that problem. That's where they have the problem. Yeah. yeah. And so it blows out, and then they're basically no limited fuel, ready to say, can we even get home? Right. Let me give you the exact number: two hundred and thirty-five thousand yeah. miles away from yeah. the Earth, yeah. with very little fuel. Yeah. Okay. So that, to me, is the low enthusiasm, low competence moment when all of a sudden you realize you don't have enough fuel to get back, mm -hmm. and maybe a marriage gets there. I don't have the enthusiasm or the competence to make this woman happy. Or to make this man happy. I, and, and there are times when we get to that point, mm -hmm. you know, and we're 235,000 miles away from, from a real viable solution. Mm -hmm. So what happens? So they use this technique that they call the slingshot, but basically what it is is gravity-assisted power. Okay. And so they're taking the, basically they're going to use the gravity on the moon to slingshot their capsule around back to Earth. Yeah. So that they're then able to return safely. Yeah. And the proximity of the moon is the important part there. Getting there close to the mass of a, of a larger object, which would then sling them back through space to Earth. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. It's kind of like when you're on a, uh, if you're like a little spinny thing um, in a... Merry-go-round? 
Yeah. That's, that's what they call it. Spinny <laughs> thing. And you pull your legs in. Yeah. And you put your legs out and it feels like it's going slower. And you pull your legs in and it feels like it's speeding up. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of also like a little bit on the swing set. But that idea that they, yeah, they bring it into a low orbit around the moon. And that pull of the gravity, they use it just in a way that it just, it, that takes it around the uh, proximity. And it just slingshotted them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, they were just going to head on. Yeah, they would keep on going. They had yeah. to get that precisely right. Yeah. So basically, what they needed was proximity to an object close, bigger than themselves with a gravitational force in order to give them power to make the turn from stage two to stage three. Now, you don't have to think too long on seeing how this allegory works. Is that when we experience low competence, when we experience... Uh, lo- low um, enthusiasm, that's a time that we need to be close to something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that gravitational force will help slingshot us through that down moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what could be some of those what could be some of those sources of gravitational force? Well, one, you're going to have your relationship with God, you yeah. have the Holy Spirit coming yeah. in there, accountability with others. Yeah. Um, that's two big ones. Oh yeah, I, I would think yeah. There, there's a lot of times when, obviously, my relationship with God, but accountability was a big thing. Yeah, community. Yeah, being part of community. Yeah, yeah. Because there's sometimes I come here to church and I, I really don't want to do this. I got low excitement, low competence, and but just getting around. You know, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. I, th- we don't give people compliments a lot. We try to avoid that. Yeah. Um, name somebody, other than myself, but um, name somebody that gives you that gravitational push. Joshua, Adam, Luke. Ooh. Yes. J- no, Josh, is, Luke. It's Josh, anniversary today, by the way. Oh, Sorry, kick the table. What happened? Josh and Chapel's anniversary is today. Oh, wow. The Are I they watching right now? I hope not. On their, on their, <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be kind of pitiful, wouldn't it? No, yeah. but he, yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tell me how that works. Well, he's, he's the kind of, we're both in a lot of the same stages of life with one with parenting and, and, and that kind of marriage and those kind of things. So <clears throat> there's, we, we do, you know, scriptural things like as far as we'll do a Bible plan, we'll do things like that together that are actually sharpening us to making sure we're staying mm-hmm. um, after the things of God. Because, you know, for guys, it's not super, it's just not something we bend towards yeah. to be all... Jesus, hey yeah. lover of my soul. Tell me how that scripture soul. made you feel today. Yeah. Yeah. Oceans. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> Dancing with my father, God. Yeah. yeah. No, I, these are all songs that I hate, but <laughs> because they just, you know, as a dude, I, that doesn't really get to me. Mm-hmm. But ha- having a, another person to talk to, I think Ben Acres that way. When you say he's kind of like a big moon. Um, well, oh. no, if you were the moon, you'd be big anyway. Yeah. So he wouldn't he's be like a, a big, big moon. moon. Yeah, for yeah, sure. But he would be a moon. In, yeah. in the sense that he reflects the light of God, and the closer you get to him, the more you feel an increase of power in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Especially when he gets real close. Have you ever had him have one of those close moments? Like he's a close, uh, a close talker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, me, let me do it to you. I, let me do my... Because he'll bend over right here. Oh, yeah. Are you getting your pen out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's exactly what happened. No, that was Ben. We love you. You're our moon man. Without you, we wouldn't have seasons. Yes, we wouldn't. Um, So uh, no, seriously. for me, Ben and Candy were always. Uh, Candy was. Uh, there was a while when me and Ben weren't as close. He worked at another job, and and mm-hmm. so we interfaced through Candy. Mm-hmm. You know, but Candy would. I would always come in after a Sunday, and you know, she would just. Oh, you did a great job Sunday, and I'd be like, Yeah, I, I'm about to take my life in my office <laughs> here, but I appreciate. <laughs> but but she would be, and I'd be like, How are we doing the offering? And she goes, Oh, we're doing fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. doing fine. Little did I know she wasn't paying herself. Yeah, you know, I thought she was taking a salary, but yeah, it wasn't taking a salary because we weren't doing fine. Um, but she always. So I've had. I think the staff does that for me. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, um, staff meetings and Stacy and. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think seeing other people around that have been here a while, 
does that because I think the, the age of the relationship has weight to it. And so when I have somebody that, I mean, um, I've known Liz for what, 30 years? How long have I known you guys? Yeah, 20 years. I mean, I think there's some, can I use this word? It sounds so great, gravitas. Mm. There, there, there's some gravity to that relationship. And so, you know, the fact that they're still here, it's like, well, you could have broken orbit with me a long time ago. But the fact that you're still here it's like, I, I just got to let you know that encourages me. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think we can underestimate the power of community to help people get back in orbit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, it, again, it would be unfair to my propensity is if somebody has low competence is I don't want them around me. And so I need to realize what you're telling Apollo 13 is just keep on going the direction you're going. Is that, you know... Um, and, and there are sometimes people will come up to me and always ask me for a compliment. They'll always ask me, hey, Paul, do you think I'm doing okay? And I'll be like, oh, listen, I don't, I'm not really jazzed about compliments. I shouldn't have to be giving you a compliment. Just do your job. I'm, a, I'm Bill Belichick yeah, in that way. Yeah. But it's like, no, dude, recognize what they're doing. They're looking for a little gravity. Mm -hmm. They're looking for, they're in a hard time and they need to, uh, they need a slingshot moment, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's really important. Um, so let's see here. We have, uh, uh, after, the, after the disciples have this moment, why don't you read to us Matthew 17, how the yeah. disciples come through this. Starting in verse 20, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Okay, there's two things being illustrated here. One, he's talking to them that their faith needs to grow so that it could become gravity for somebody else or another experience. So I, so I think that's, so he's saying you need to create more mass mm -hmm. so that other people can get slingshotted in Right. faith from you. But I also think that we see this, then the disciples came to Jesus. Okay, that means that they adjusted their orbit. I right. would have easily walked away, and I did with my father. I never went back to my father and said, hey, Dad, I know I left your tools out in the rain, but, you know, how do you think I could do a better job at that? <laughs> you know, he's just backhand me across the, <laughs> the backyard. I mean, I'm just slinking away, just hoping he doesn't notice, you know what I mean? Um, but the disciples went back to Jesus and they said to him, um, basically, how could we have done a better job at this? Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So they bring their orbit instead of allowing a failure to separate them, which we all do. They brought their orbit closer because mm -hmm. they found that they would get strength from that. Right. Really big. Right. And can I say something that, uh, um, God is never disappointed with you. And we tend to project human feelings onto God in this way. One, why is it impossible? This is a good thing. Let's see if anybody can give us the answer from uh, cyberspace. Okay. Okay. Why is it impossible for, for us to disappoint God? And is that true? Mm -hmm. So it's true. I'm just going ahead and tell you. That this, but why is it impossible for us to disappoint God? A lag, some yeah. lag time. So they're so, just now hearing this statement. Um, How about now? I'm watch, trying to watch your lips, and looks like you just asked it. Did just asked it? Okay. <laughs> uh, anybody? While well, there's, we're just hearing it. Anybody here? And know why? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. You just took the next five minutes yeah. away from me. Okay. What am I going to fill this time yeah. with? We hope y'all have had a great night. And yeah, we close it down. <laughs> Next time, once you join Liz, I'll give you your cell phone number. And did anybody give it to us? No. Nobody's typing anything? Nobody's typing Is anything. Is Kathy saying hi to other people? No, no. No? no <laughs> Sometimes we'll look down and be like, hey, yeah, anybody got a question? And Kathy's saying, hi there. Hi. <laughs> not like that. That's not her voice. But. No, no. Um, no, but it is, uh, yeah, you can't disappoint God because God already knows everything. Yeah. So it, disappointment is always is mm -hmm. associated with expectation. Yeah. And, I mean, look at Jesus with Peter. He knows Peter is going to deny him three times. Uh, he has 
God has a complete expectation that I am going to break my promises. That's why he says, let no man, you know, make a vow. You know why? It's because I know you're going to break it. So let's stop, stop saying you're never going to look at porn again. Stop saying you're never going to do that again. I didn't ask you to declare what you're not going to do in the future. Matter of fact, I've only told you to worry about what you're going to do today. Mm-hmm. So, but it is exactly right. So disappointment with God. And, and Jesus wants us to know that we can always grow in love no matter how many times we fail. And so, um, so Peter has this big crash. And the crash that Peter experiences is so big and so important that all four Gospels make sure that Peter's story is put in there. Now, let me just tell you how all four Gospels do not have the birth of Jesus in them. Okay? Yeah. I mean, they don't have the birth of Jesus. But every Gospel recorded that Peter denied. So what does that tell you? It's no, really. <laughs> no, no, literally. What's it tell you? It's important. Yeah. Yeah. That failure is part of learning. Yeah. And that God's not embarrassed about it. Yeah. And uh, it also means that Peter wasn't embarrassed about it because Peter is heading up the, the operations there at uh, Jerusalem Mission Control, um, could have easily gotten Mark to strike it out of his gospel because mm-hmm. uh, Mark was kind of like a little disciple of his. Yeah. So not the other three. No, no, he no, was, was, no, no. They couldn't wait to write it in. Now, oh, don't forget yeah. that part about Peter. Pe- did you get that part about Peter? No, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so if God is for you, I love it. Then, then who can possibly be against you? Mm-hmm. If God know, is behind you and He supports you, and uh, so Peter gathers with the disciples, and Jesus sends them a message. Uh, telling Peter how much he's valued. So now we go to the next level. Uh, growing confidence, uh, uh, confidence and competence increasing. So let me say it again. Growing confidence and competence increasing. Now I want to make some distinctions. Mm-hmm. Enthusiasm is excitement without proof. That's what enthusiasm is. You, man, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. It is excitement without proof. And sometimes, well, a lot of times when we walk into the kingdom of God, it's, it may be exactly that. So it's not a sin, but it's just not fully equipped. It's good for the moment. It's kind of like a spark plug. Hmm. Um, it's enough to get that one cylinder to go down, but it's, you know, it's just that one ignition moment. Um, but enthusiasm will only take you so far. So let me say this. Enthusiasm is excitement without proof. Confidence is excitement built upon learning. It has, when you're confident, it's the enthusiasm coupled with the competence is that you now know I can do this. It's kind of like how I feel about if the church was to flood a fourth time. Um, There is this uh, confidence that we have now that, oh, yeah, we can, we can put this thing back together in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Time it. You know, ready? And uh, mm-hmm. that, but it's built upon learning. I've learned what kind of emotional pitfalls to avoid if the church floods again. This is not saying something about you. It's a meteorological statement. It's not a personal statement against you as a person. Um, so there would be some confidence in it also. Um, I would be confident in the team. I'd be confident that we'd actually come out of it better. So much so when people said, hey, I heard this is going to be a big storm. We prayed that the church wouldn't flood. I'm kind of like, why? We're, we're good at this now. Um, we, can, we can actually store away some, some cash as a result of it. I mean, it's, it's like FEMA says, here's your money. Spend it any way you want. They, you know, and it's like, okay, cool, thank you. And uh, we put the building back together. With volunteers, and we do it, and we put the money away. Let me just say a God thing on that, is that we had that experience the last time, and we were able to put away uh, a sum of money, which ended up to be like $100,000, okay, which is pretty cool. We got paid to go through a flood, and because we had high enthusiasm and high competence, we were able to save the money. 
because we had a work day for guys. I think we served them breakfast. And they oh, yeah. they dry what you have to serve them breakfast. You bow, won't get nothing. Bow time. Yeah. You can't do yeah, that bow time. Yeah. Or, or bow time. It was bow time, wasn't it? It's got to be bow time. Um, and they drywalled all of this, and I think, uh, and, and you can kind of tell. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's not, it's it's a, not it's, yeah, yeah, it's not our best job, but, hey. uh, you know, it's, we were able to put away all this money. Well, here's the thing. We put the money away. Well, a couple of years go by, the money's sitting in there, and uh, um, then uh, COVID hits, and the giving of the church drops by three quarters. Attendance drops by 50%. So, I mean, those things happen. And uh, all of a sudden, um, churches all over the place are laying people off and having to shut their doors because they don't have any money. And it's like, what? We got this money in the bank. It's like we have been, we have been continuing because of the money from the flood. See, the high competence, high excitement, high you know, competent level actually leveraged us for a future event. It's kind of like what Joseph does when he tells the Egyptians to store up seven years of grain because there'll be seven years. Well, that exactly happened, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm sitting back and I'm like, mm, maybe I'm not such a bad pastor after all, you know? But I, the thing was, is that I could not respond to the third flood the same way I responded to the first flood uh, because then I wouldn't have learned anything. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting how it will change your perspective on an event. Mm -hmm. um, I love what it says about the disciples that couldn't cast out this demon yeah. out of this kid. Tell Luke, us what Luke yeah. 10 says. Luke 10, 16. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Wow. Isn't that cool? So here's this group that couldn't cast this demon out of this this. Uh, child that was a lunatic and throwing themselves into fire into yeah. uh, the water yeah. and, and now they're coming back and they're like wow jesus this is amazing um even the de demons are and i love it is because jesus is now so excited because he's seen the learning circle go through and there's nothing like it when you see your kid pull away on a bicycle um, when they all of a sudden, they're, I, daddy, I got it. I got it, daddy. And they're going and they're enjoying it. And they got that helmet on that's like three times bigger than their heads. And it's bobbing yeah. and their wheels are going like, yeah. but you're just as jacked as can be when you see that moment. Mm -hmm. And I love it when Jesus says, it says, I was watching Satan fall like, from heaven like lightning. He was like, that a boy, you know, man, you're riding that bike. Mm -hmm. That's right. You did it. And so, so I think there's that, that excitement that happens. Mm -hmm. um, we find Peter in stage three. He comes out of this denial moment, and then we find him, we find him um, leading the church. Mm -hmm. Then we end, and we'll close with this. And I mm -hmm. know we just have a few minutes left. Stage four, high confidence and competence, but there's a little variation to it with ownership. And I can tell you as a pastor, this is really important to me because it's one thing to get volunteers to do things and do a good job. But when I hear somebody say, I really love our church, I really feel, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. And I have to be honest with you, it, it, for a couple of reasons, but one of them is from a leadership standpoint, it's like, okay, you enabled a learning circle so that somebody wouldn't say, it happens with the woman at the well. Come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. And they all run out there and they say, oh yeah, we hear him, you know. And then they say to her, we no longer believe because of your testimony, but we have heard. So they take ownership of the moment. I love it when people say they, they love their church. Uh, not necessarily, I don't want to go into that whole rant about t-shirts, about I love my church. But you know what I'm talking about. It's when high confidence and competence isn't just I did a good job, but I own this too. Mm -hmm. And when you get a, a congregation full of people who are high confident and have confidence with ownership, that's why I was on Sunday and I was telling everybody, hey, this coming Sunday, Stacy's going to speak. And then I thought, well, shoot, I could have had, there's like eight people I could have had speak. And I felt so good. Mm -hmm. It was like, I feel there's, there's like, I could put it, I mean, Laurel come, coming off of, you know, um, 
Bringing record heat setting, at street. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, record setting numbers, yeah. um, just knocking them dead. Oh. But if it's like Slated. right now, it would be like, I have no problems. You want to get up there and speak to, on Sunday morning? Be like, oh, I have complete confidence. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you what, she has ownership of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and not necessarily the skill set. I mean, I, there's always, I'm always developing my skill set. Mm-hmm. But I, I own my calling, my calling. It's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And uh, that's when it produces, when high confidence with competence with ownership, you could also exchange that for the word character. That's when you have character. It's like you own that. You're not just selling it to get somebody to buy it. That's really who you are. I, that's why we got this, the, our Christ culture, being understood. We understand. We seek first to understand, then to be understood. We own that. I mean, and anybody that's gone into a conflict with me knows that, that I believe that. And that people here across them be compatible. I love forgiveness. Uh, we resist to of traveling these way of being offended and are quick to give and seek forgiveness. Boom, we own that. This isn't now. It took what twenty five years to come up with this. And I know I'm not faulting pastors because they maybe they're they are better learners than I am. But you can't just download this from somebody else's church website and mean it. You know, you have to own it with confidence and competence. I mean, it's got to be yours. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just, I mean, Saddleback's awesome, but just doing a, a Saddleback thing is not enough. And, and what's that church of the Highlands? You know, mm-hmm. if you're starting out and you got low competence but high enthusiasm, yeah, you take a church model and you plug mm-hmm. it in for a while. And you take some of Chris Hodges' stuff and you plug it in. And, but, but that doesn't say, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it from now on. It's like, no, I... No, I'm going to develop competence and then ownership, and then my own language begins to emerge. Mm-hmm. I think that's what COVID-19 did to a lot of churches because a lot of churches that were depending on big churches to get their messages from and, you know, preach what they preached, all of a sudden people were saying, wait a minute, that's, I'm seeing that on the Internet. I just did a search for that sermon series you're doing in, you know, Night at the Movies. Oh, I love that. Sunday at the movies. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like a gazillion churches show up and they got the exact same logo. And it's like, okay, somebody owns this, but not everybody. You know, there is a really cool thing that comes and it doesn't come immediately. It comes through the learning circle, through growth. When it's like, no, we really believe that. Mm-hmm. I would hire and fire on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage and rebuke based upon our, our Christ culture mm-hmm. signs. If they're not able to see it, there's signs that are on the side here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, okay, so let's hear Peter. Close yeah. us out with hearing this. What, is, what does Peter say in uh, Acts 3.2? Okay. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I have, or I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. Wow, so that's ownership and that's confidence. I love what it says. And he fixed his eyes on him and he told him, Look at me. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's strong. I mean, when you compare that to this, this other guy that was boasting he would never deny, but he didn't know how weak he really was. Now we have a guy who's got a high level of competence, enthusiasm, uh, uh, or competence and uh, with ownership. What I have. And that's the learning, that last part of the learning stage is when you own this. Mm-hmm. Because God wants you to give something to somebody else. But if you don't own it, it's really hard to give it. Dads who want to tell their sons how to behave but don't behave themselves kids will mock it. They will rebel against the hypocrisy of espousing one thing, but owning something different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Peter, so he seizes him by the right hand, he rises up and, uh, what do I have? I give to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's absolutely amazing. So in closing, um, let me just say, I don't know what stage everybody's in. We're all not in the same stage. We're not at all in the same stage on the same subject. Mm-hmm. There are some stages I own. I mean, and, and I'm very confident about it. It's like, oh, you want to talk about that? I know that. Then there are other things like you want to talk about the book of Revelations? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. 
Oh, let's wait till, you know, let's, you know? let's do a whole year <laughs> it's on like, it. I don't know yeah. what the heck. <laughs> they got a dragon and a harlot in it. I mean, I don't know what, you know, what is that, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I'm very honest about what I'm, I'm not competent in, but what I am competent in, I'm, I'm, I, I, I do know it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're in a stage where you're high enthusiasm, low competence, that's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, that you're you're not where you're supposed to be. That's where everybody starts. But it just know that there's going to be a point when the co- where the enthusiasm may diminish and the competence incompetence may begin to expose itself. That is not a rejection or a failure to shame. That may be an exposure of weakness to incite you to growth, mm-hmm. to move into the next stage. If you're in that next stage, one of the things that you're going to have to exp- have to make sure you establish is something greater than yourself when you have hard times. That make sure that your relationship with God, your accountability, all that is in place. Your community. Mm-hmm. You want to be around. I, I got a phone call f- today from somebody who's having a hard day. He heard some bad news about uh, people in, in his family, and he was just kind of like like blowing up and. Uh, so I was uh, praying for him today, and um, and my prayer wasn't that God would fix all the problems. It was like, God, don't let this person move away from the gravitas of who you are. Don't let his orbit leave the moon. And I also realized that, okay, this is a time for me to step closer to this person, um, to bring the moon closer to him, because the moon's always moving. And so, um, so if you're in that stage, just make sure you stay closer to something bigger than yourself. Um, I love it. So mm-hmm. failure is only failure if you, if you walk away from the learning curve. The, uh, stage, the only difference, I think, between Peter and Judas is which one of them was committed to the circle, which one was willing to face the fact that I'm now in a place of low enthusiasm and low competence. And Judas didn't have that rotational gravity relationship with Jesus. You know? Um, I mean, and, and as a result of it, he, he just flies off into a tangent and hangs himself. Whereas Peter commits pretty much the same kind of thing, but there's, there's something about Peter that's closer to Judas. Peter was always trying to be at the table. Peter was always trying to be in that one, the three that go up the mountain with Jesus or when Jesus goes someplace, always like Peter, James, and John are always, I mean, they're always with him. We don't know that he's only calling those three, but we know those three are going there. I think that constant pursuit of Peter to remain close to Jesus in that terrible hour of denial Mm -hmm. is what keeps him in orbit. I think it's Judas always leaving the twelve. Uh, leaving to go talk to the fairies, leading, leaving on money issues and things like that. I think those moments away weakened the gravitational force so that when he denies Christ that, or betrays Christ, that um, he's got no gravity. And, and his Apollo 13 just flies off. Mm-hmm. So, hey, why don't you close this in prayer? Yeah. Um, and and one of the big things there. I just want to pray is that nobody walks away from this with shame that in every learning circle, there's the call uh, to return to orbit. And uh, I don't care how bad you messed up. I don't care if you cheated on your wife. I don't care what you did. Um, uh, it, you know, if you leave, it's only because you've decided to leave. But God wants you to enter in, to remain in the learning circle. Um, you're going to have to face some hard things, but if you're willing to do it, I've known a lot of men who've cheated on their wives, who've ruined their families, but because they hung in there, it took them maybe five to 10 years before they won back their daughters or before they won back their sons. And maybe they didn't recover their, their, their marriage, but there was a recovery of the grace of God, the truth of God and the restoration of relationships. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, Jesus never wants us, and he's never ashamed of us, and he's never disappointed in us. Why don't you lead us? Father, thank you so much for that, that you always are beckoning us. You're always going after the one. Um, I just thank you so much that you 
you you really do you love us so much and you're not disappointed in us and because you're for us who can be against us and i just uh i thank you so much for that reality that we get to live in and i thank you for god your son who um who's through his word and through the word that we've been reading tonight we've seen through so many different stories the proximity to you um and how that played out in Peter's life and how that uh, can play out in our lives as well. We walk in authority because you've given it to us through your Holy Spirit and God, we just um, we relish in that and we thank you so much that we, get to, that we get to have that as our great advocate and helper to be able to get us through some of the things that we go through that the moon that we get to orbit around is, is you. Continue to draw us, continue to help us to realize that you love us so incredibly much um, and how great it is the love that you've lavished on us that you've called us sons and daughters isn't that wonderful thing we pray amen amen and let me encourage you to if you're out there and you left church because of COVID-19 and you've gotten your your injections and vaccines and I got started mine yesterday and mm-hmm. um, come back to church um, I really really do our live video production was never intended to become your moon um, our community and, and so uh, we want to encourage you to come back yeah. alright yeah, okay. thank you have a great night